Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 214, the fourth installment of our mini-sodes. Yeah. And this is New Year's Eve. And if you're like me, you were excited to say goodbye to 2020. Now, as a reseller, there were yes. a lot of benefits of 2020. Uh, but I think just as a as a as a human as a, as a human being, uh, you're you're hoping that 2021 will provide uh, a little bit of a relief, and we don't know, um, but we can go into 2021 with you know the expectations and and new plans, new desires, and one of our next episodes that we drop will be kind of a uh, you know welcome to the new year. What are we going to do? But now I think is a good time to kind of reflect on 2020 and think about what were some of the things that we we learned and. How are some ways that maybe we grew as resellers during this just tumultuous time? You want me to start? Is that what you're saying? Let's do it. Okay. So this is one that I'm always careful about sharing because it all depends on your level of reselling, right? What you're comfortable with is a side hustle, is a full-time. But, you know, one of the things that you learn about entrepreneurship is taking big risks. And I will say I took big risks as far as you know, what I consider to be big risks, right? I, you know, I, I shared in the previous podcast, uh, how I, you know, I had 50 K sales and clippers, but that took a lot of risk, right? I had to drop all that money first of all. Right. And then I ended up traveling right throughout San Diego. Then I traveled to Wisconsin and then I traveled to Colorado. Then I traveled up North to Sacramento in California. And you know, I had car rentals at all those places. I took plane flights to all those places. Took big risks to make good money, mm. right? Had I said, you know what, there's no more in San Diego, you know, there's no more money to be made, I wouldn't have made as much, right? Uh, this last Q4, uh, you know, I applied to what I learned. This is what what I learned, and I'll talk about this later on. Is that I used to be very big on 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 Amazon or eBay of you know, diversify. And I'm still big about diversifying, like making sure you have different kinds of inventory to reach to different buyers. But when there's an opportunity that's really good that you can make a lot of money on, and it doesn't seem that there's anything stopping that, you got to go all in. Uh, I, I have an item right now uh, that I've made, uh, I believe about I don't want to share the number, but I made a lot of money on this item. I've sold about 200 units of this item for Q4 mm. and it's been my biggest money maker. Now with this item, and I'll share this on, on our Q4 episode, but I traveled like there was, man, I traveled. I mean, I, I, I honestly traveled probably at least 10,000 miles to get this item, but it was worth it to me, right? I took the big risk. I, I took the risk of driving to different states. I took the risk of, you know, going five hours just to find one store in hopes that there would be, you know, this item and there would be, you know, there was one store I went to and there were six of them and automatically made a thousand bucks. So would you drive five hours to make a thousand dollars? I would, you know, and I, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always a fan of like, Hey, what else would I be doing? Would I be on Netflix? I mean, would I, you know, what would I be spending time on, right? And, you know, and in case somebody asks, you know, what, what about your kids? Well, I don't always have my kids with me, right? Because they're, they're with their mom. And so I spend that time just working because I'm like, what else would I be doing? Especially during this time of COVID, we only have so many options, right? And so I learned very much on, on taking risks of my time, taking risks with money, and it's paid back. 
and it's paid back in a very, very decent amount. So that was one of the lessons I learned is that like, you know, I can, I can play it safe, but sometimes you got to be willing to get out there a little bit and just go big on certain items. And there have been items that I have lost. I didn't lose as much this year as I did in previous. There's been previous years I've lost a lot, but man, I, I can think of two items that I just went all in on. I spent a ton of money on, I spent a ton of time on, and it became super profitable. So I know I'm speaking vague about the second item because I, I think it's still going to be a, a hot item here again. Uh, just because of everything going on in the world. But uh, I'll, I'm a big fan. One of the things I learned is I need to t- be willing to take bigger risks. No, that's great. And I think, you know, going even back to Richest Man in Babylon, uh, the one of the arguments that was made is like really luck has nothing to do with it. It's the ability to strike when opportunity comes because opportunity true. is going to open up multiple times in your life. And one of two things ends up happening. Well, I guess one of three. One is you take the opportunity. Uh, but the the two often the, the two most often things that happen is um, you are afraid to take the opportunity or you're not in a position to take the opportunity, right? And a lot of times, like I think of uh, right now, you know, we might be moving into another housing bubble. I mean, who knows? But like that's something people talk about. And so the opportunity to buy property at at a very discounted rate might be coming up for a lot of people. But you have to be in a position where you can capitalize on that. Correct. And same thing with with you with the different items that you've picked up is you've allowed your business to grow to a place where you can take this risk and it's it's an opportunity that's opened up, but you're in a position where you could take it and it wasn't going to destroy you. Right. It wasn't it yeah, wasn't like true, you were true, true. you were all in, but you weren't all in where if this fails, I'm I I'm oh no, agree. Filing bankruptcy, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 so yeah, you you've positioned yourself, maneuvered yourself that this was a, an opportunity you could take. And a lot of times when opportunities come, we're not in a place where we can take it, or we say, Well, let me think about it. And by the time you 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 figure it out and you come back, the opportunity's gone. So you have to strike. Uh, and kind of going along with those same things of of taking risk, I wanted to kind of just attach it to to your point on that is being willing to shift and adapt, right? Because mm-hmm that can feel like a risk in a lot of ways is you've been selling a certain way. And then all of a sudden 2020 hits and the world is turned upside down and your nine to five might not be your job anymore. And, or maybe you're working from home or maybe the way you were sourcing is completely shattered. And so a big risk might be, well, do I, do I order a pallet? I haven't done this before. Let's do a little bit of research. And you you take a risk on something where you maybe haven't already done. You don't have the experience, or maybe I'm going to source on eBay or maybe I'm going to try local. And so the ability to adapt and to take risks, but knowing that if I don't take this risk, then I'm going down with the ship, right? Because sometimes that happens too. And so if, if 2020 has taught us anything, uh, it's you can't you can't just count on the same old, same old because uh, things can change in a moment and you've got to be able to adapt, not just willing to adapt, but have maneuvered yourself to a place where you can adapt. And I think that's one of the important things why we've done so many books on finances, so many books on on time management, because those things give you the freedom and flexibility to actually make the, uh, the, take the risk and to adapt and shift when you need to. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't recommend taking the risk that I took unless you were set up to do it. Right. Right. So let's say it didn't work out. I still would have been okay. Right. I I mean, (laughs) I would have been in a hard place if I dropped all kinds of, if I dropped, you know, I think, I think with, you know, the Clippers, I probably spent 20 something K and if it didn't work out, yeah, it would have been rough. Right. But I did have the the capital. I did have the, 
ability to fly. I had the resources. I had the networking. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. So, so yeah, it still was a big risk. It yeah. still was risky, but there was a lot of buildup that allowed me to be able to take that risk. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because it was, you know, could you do that, you know, right off the bat and just a bunch of credit cards and you could, uh, but it all depends on your level, right. Of comfort. I, I'm not a, you know, we're not big fans of credit cards nope. unless you can pay them back. So, all right. What's something, something you learned. Um, I was just going to go off the ones you put. I just added okay. to that. Are you just added too. to that yeah. one? Okay. So for me, traveling was big in this year. Like I've traveled before, you know, in previous years, especially when I went full time, you know, when Toys R Us was shutting down, I traveled all through L.A. But you know what? I should have gone further. I should have gone to Arizona. I should have gone to Oregon. I should have gone to multiple states when Toys R Us was shutting down. I, I, I can only imagine the mini toy empire I could have had had I traveled to other states. But instead, you, you could have been Toys R Us. I, I, I could have been, yeah, it could have been Orlando's or us. Yes. And, and, and I mean, we're obviously past Christmas, but we last couple episodes have had the, the Santa joke. I mean, you could have, you could have had your own, you know, you could have called it the North pole. Yeah. But I, I mean, I could have, but I, I didn't see And, and I don't think I was set up for that. Like, I don't think my mindset was there yet. Like I couldn't understand, but you know, the, this last year, uh, I traveled to all kinds of places. So I'll give you, Amazon example, I'll give you eBay example. So for Amazon, right, I traveled to Wisconsin when their shop goes were shutting down. And wait, no, that was the year before. Sorry. Man, time has flown by. So was it the year before? I can't even remember anymore. Yeah, it was the year before. Anyways, okay. Still, I traveled to Wisconsin. I traveled to Colorado. I traveled, where else did I travel? I traveled to uh, Arizona. I, I I went to several states. And it allowed me to get inventory that I could send into Amazon. And that's the beauty of doing FBA is that I can fly to a place, I can get a van, I can source and I ship it out to the warehouse. Now, I don't want to get too much on the Amazon because I shared a lot on the other episode. But on the eBay side, it's been really nice, right? Because I, what, I've, what I've learned is that, yes, I do enjoy going back home because I think you have more success at home sourcing. And the reason I say that is because you're familiar. You know what stores are good. You know what stores that carry certain items and so on. But I, I do believe that when when you're traveling, there are different opportunities for different items that you can pick up at, at your own place. Right. So so, for example, when I when I went to Wisconsin, and and I, when I've traveled to Utah before, like those are two states that I can find a lot of hiking stuff, right? I can find Merrill, I can find Danner, I can find Red Wing items. Uh, I think somebody had mentioned that the Red Wing manufacturing or the plant is nearby in the Midwest, right? And so I've been able to pick up a lot of goods where, you know, and I shared this on previous podcasts, like getting Hawaiian shirts in the Midwest, probably really tough, right? But if you want to find Hawaiian shirts, well, the obvious place would be Hawaii. Right. Or California or Florida. Right. So I learned that, you know, if I'm in a different, if I'm in a certain niche, it it benefits me to travel to parts where that niche is very popular. Right. So, for example, Harley Davidson stuff. I, I don't know what it is, but I think the part of San Diego we're in is very big Harley. Mm. Right. We're in East County, San Diego. A lot of people wear Harley gear. Right. And and Harley gear right now has become like a trend and people that don't even wear Harley bikes where, you know, you got TikTokers that wear them and. I don't even think they have licenses for their vehicles. Right. But, you know, I know parts of the Midwest, like 
you know, I mean, Milwaukee is very big with Harley Davidson. Right. And so I've been able to pick a lot of awesome gear in the Midwest. That's Harley Davidson because I traveled out there. Right. And so, you know, I, I learned a lot that I could, you know, if, if, if I was single without kids, right. And I have my boys, that's what keeps me grounded. Okay. But if, if I was just in my twenties, I, I could just travel. <laughs> All I could do is travel. Like, and, and it doesn't mean I have to get an RV. It doesn't mean I have to, you know, live the van life. You could do that, but you could honestly resell and travel every single day. It it gets tougher, right? With eBay, but it is doable. And I never have traveled as much as I did this last year during a pandemic, which is kind of weird to say. And it, every single trip was profitable. Nice. Yeah. And, and in fact, we've had interviews where that was the case, right? Where people make a lot of money by even traveling to different countries. And so I did that. I took the the travel route this year. I did my multi-state. I think it was like eight states uh, that we took our, our trailer through. And we stopped and visited family along the way, right? So we we saw my mom at one stop. We saw my dad at another stop. We stopped at the Great Wolf Lodge and had like just a family little family vacation at another place. So we had multiple places where we stopped and kind of just had almost like a little vacation. Mm -hmm. But then along the way, we're stopping at thrift stores. We're going to garage sales. We're going to estate sales and filled up that trailer that we bought more than paid for the trailer, more than paid for the trip. And that trip is a tax write off, right? So being wise with how you use your business and traveling is a big part of that and realizing Agreed. that not every traveling tax write off too. Yeah, exactly. The, the tax write off part is huge. And uh, we were actually planning on going to Uganda this year on a mission trip. Oh my goodness. And while, while we were going to be in Uganda, we already had a couple of items that we knew. We had some contacts there, stuff we were going to be able to basically make that trip pay for itself uh, and probably not make profit off of it, but at least make it pay for itself. Uh, and then, you know, again, if it becomes part of business and it could become business expense too, at least part of the travel. And so unfortunately, COVID stopped that trip from happening. Uh, but travel can be very profitable and just being wise with it. Now, I do think there's a, 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 a way that people will kind of scam the system with taxes. And so I never recommend that. But I definitely think take advantage of every tax break you can get. Oh, agreed. Take it to be very wise. I knew a guy, and I think, again, this might be maybe going too far, but he was in an MLM. And the whole reason he was part of the MLM is... He would just bring samples with him and he'd go on like trips and he'd go take vacations and he'd hand out a couple samples in his card and he'd always write off oh the trips, goodness. you know? And it's like, okay, well, I don't know how much of that is legitimate, but I mean, he had a tax person that he was working with and he he recognized going back to even Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that being willing to, to play within the system that has been created, right? Following the rules, but playing the game and, and keeping as much of the money as you can keep to yourself and not having to pay it to the government uh, whenever possible is a great thing. And so travel can be a way of doing that on top of enjoying new experiences, going to new places. And yeah, like you said, we've realized that one of the, the few of the thrift stores that we've traveled to when we go to Colorado are little gold mines when it comes to things like North Face and Patagonia, you know, Patagonia and, yeah. and brands like that. And so knowing that, hey, this is this is a, a potential route that we could take once a year and make profit on. Yeah. So I'm, I, I think, I think that there's such a benefit to be able to, to do that. I, I think it's, I think it's totally legitimate. Like I remember uh, the year before, I remember going to Washington with my kids. I remember going to Wisconsin. I remember going to different States and I would always go to thrift stores. Right. And it was a business expense. 
right? Because I was I was traveling as part of the business, and then we did these side things. So yeah, I I, I think I think traveling is just it's just great. I I I'm, I plan on traveling even more, you know, based on what we can do uh, with with COVID and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I learned that traveling is a hundred percent. I I knew it before, but it just reinforced that it can be very profitable uh, to reselling. All right. And this last one, before we get into the last one though, one of the things I do enjoy when I'm traveling is taking my skull shaver. uh, What what do I call it? My skull shaver shaver? The platinum pro. There you go. It's called the platinum pro and it is, it is awesome. And it allows me to have that clean look, even though I'm hustling, even though I haven't had, you know, no, I, I do constantly, you know, shower, but let's say I miss a day. Oh gosh. It gives everybody, me that, everybody just had, you know, a, a visual and a smell that just entered their mind. Just stop. Whoa, <laughs> no, no, you brought that. So having that clean shaven look has been possible with the school shaver. So if you haven't a chance, chance, check out schoolshaver.com, use our promo code, give that someone who needs that clean shaven look, the ability to have it on their dome and even on their face. And there's, Tools there for women to use too uh, for shaving. So it is schoolshaver.com, promo code PURE, P-U-R-E. And if you haven't had a chance yet to, you know, sign up for our membership, um, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. It is available for you for less than a dollar an episode to say sweet thank you and allow us to produce more content on this podcast outside from the podcast. We'd love to do that in this upcoming year. We just need to get to a certain financial place. And thank you to everyone who not only has, you know, ended up helping us out monetarily that way but your lovely notes that just keep us encouraged and keep us motivated so thank you so much again that's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle and you can find us on social media we are peers of podcast on instagram tiktok and facebook we are peers of cast on twitter you can always give us a call at pure hustle <laughs> not a pure hustle, at 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com that's purehustlepodcast at gmail dot com if you haven't had a chance i forgot to announce these in the last three mini episodes we're on youtube by the way if you want to subscribe and hit that bell notification to be notified when anything new shows up we'd greatly appreciate that our youtube continues to grow and you know we're grateful for everybody that's on youtube with us because growing a podcast on youtube is kind of tough yeah. right unless like you're uber famous it's pretty easy but you know we're not there yet or anywhere close at all. Uh, but we're grateful for every single person that subscribes to us on YouTube. And always thank you for the iTunes reviews. Those have bought shirts over this holiday time. Really grateful. All right. So this, this so this last thing I, I learned, I, I keep learning over and over and over again. And this is probably, I don't know, it's like episode six of our podcast or and we've had different ways to call it. But I learned to stay in my lane. You know, the the problem with social media is there's so much judgment. And even in the reselling community, there is there is a lot of judgment. It may not be directly. It may be indirect, but it's kind of like, hey, if you don't do things the way I do it, you're doing it wrong. And I, I'm very against that because I find that everybody has their own way of doing reselling. There are some things that obviously are bad practices that you're going to lose money. But if you're able to be profitable, if you're able to pay the bills, if, if you're side hustling and you're just trying to make a couple hundred a week or even a month, right? You're just trying to take care of a day night or, or you're in school and you want to take care of your expenses for college, like your textbooks or, you know, going out on the weekends. If you're making it happen with what you're doing, 
then there's then there's no need to go, hey, you know what? I need to be like this person or this person. Now it's okay to to you know emulate and be try to be better. That's okay. But for the purpose of like, hey, I seen this person, I want to be just like them because they make this amount of money and this is what they show on social media. That may not be true. Right. I, and I and I know it's especially in Q4, you know, and I'm not throwing shade at anybody. But, you know, people like to throw out the big numbers on Amazon. Like I only shared my number on Amazon because I wanted to share the magnitude of what that hustle looked like. You guys, I'm never going to show my yearly amounts on Amazon. Like that's never going to happen. Okay. Because I'm not about flexing. I'm about helping people get to that next level. Right. We're all about helping people level up their standard of living. So, you know, somebody might show a million dollars gross for the year or on, on eBay, they may show, you know, 200,000 over the last 90 days, but you don't know that profit, right? You don't know. It, it's funny. I, I saw a TikTok on, they're sharing about how these teenagers are showing their drop shipping, right? And uh, somebody had directly DM somebody and they said, so you said you made a hundred thousand dollars on drop shipping. How much did you actually make? And he's like, oh, about six to 7%. Six to seven, that seven thousand dollars. I mean, that you can't run with those margins full time. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it part right? of that depends on on are you able to replicate that consistently and frequently, right? If you could do that every month, yeah, it's worth it. But it's so risky. Yeah, for me, that's really. Risky. I mean, you can't. The major businesses run like that, right? Right. I mean, you know, Macy's and all that. I think it's like ten percent, maybe it's five percent. So, and the very big Amazon sellers, that's how. That's where it's at. It's within that five to 10, maybe even 3%, right? But they're still able to be millionaires because they make a, a, mil, mega, a ton of millions to make that million. But what I learned is this. So I learned on eBay, I'm good at certain niches and niches or niches or niches, whatever. And I went with those this past year and they became very lucrative and very profitable for me. I didn't try to expand into other things. You know, certain things were hot that people were selling I didn't try to get into those. I just kept doing what I was doing and I just made it more profitable. Right. With Amazon, I got rid of all the gadgets. Right. I used inventory lab for one month. And that's because I had a bunch of random things that I was trying to sell. And it was easier for me to use inventory lab to organize it. But, you know, I didn't use a repricer this year. I, I barely used uh, my scanner when I was outsourcing on a daily. Now, I didn't use my scanner when I was doing that major research at the beginning of Q4, trying to find the hottest items, right? But I don't sell books. And so I didn't use my scanner as much, right? I, I didn't, there, there's a lot of tools that I was using before that I picked up because people said, hey, this is the way to do things. And I just, I just didn't use them. And I had probably, I would say my best year in reselling, period. Nice. Right? And so- it's about staying in your lane. It's it's not about trying to be other people exactly. It's okay to respect and learn from others, but for the sake of just, hey, you're not good enough because you know you still sell old shoes for money where these people sell hype items and they make a lot of money. You may be doing way better than that other person because your cost of goods is way less and your business may be more profitable. You just don't know that. So I really learned to just, I guess, be my own person in reselling. And it, it really helped me out this year. 
Yeah, no, that's good. And and I like the fact that you said like there's nothing wrong with with imitating the best of other people, right? To kind of say, I wanna I like that business practice. I like the the way they advertise. I like their descriptions. I, you know what, that does seem like a profitable item that I'm not into. And maybe I can see if if there's a way that I can profit on it, but not trying to say, hey, I want to be this person. I want to do everything the way they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so taking the best of as opposed to trying to think that you should be exactly like them. And I I heard one time, and I'm not sure, I haven't looked at the exact history of this phrase to figure out if this is true, but I like to believe it's true. Uh, You hear the phrase all the time, a jack of all trades, a master of none. And what I've heard is, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, that that's actually a kind of a corruption of the way it was originally stated or meant, which was a jack of all trades, a master of one. And the idea was a well-balanced person should actually be pretty fluent in a lot of areas. You should have a lot of knowledge, basic knowledge. And 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 going back to like the 80-20 rule, you really only need to know 20% of in a field to get 80% of the benefit, right? So you don't need to be an expert in every niche. You don't need to be an expert in every uh, type of reselling. But if you know a little bit about a lot of the, the different areas you can make money and you really focus on what you're passionate and interested and what works for you, then what ends up happening is you can be that jack of all trades where you can find other items that are profitable that allows you the opportunity to take those big risks. Hey, I don't normally sell hair hair clippers, but here's this opportunity that shows up, or I don't normally do this, uh, but I know enough about it. And I know enough about what's going on in culture that I can say, I'm going to jump on this, but you should be a master of something. You should have your niche, your area that you kind of, you own the market on. You are, are, are just, you're, you're an expert there. You know what you're doing. And you are able to adapt and flex within that if you need to, uh, but you're not trying to be an expert in everything. And that's where I think a lot of people fail is because that 80-20 rule is so great. 20% of the knowledge gets you 80% of the benefit. And a lot of people end up burning out because they try and get that other 80% of the information in all of these other fields, all of these other different ways of reselling. And you can't sustain it. You can't sustain it because you don't end up getting the benefit of any of it. And so be willing to to be flexible, be willing to adapt, be willing to know a little bit about a lot of things so you can strike the, when those opportunities hit, but focus on the things that you're good at and that you know. And like we've talked about before, passion does play a role in it. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm not passionate at all about cosmetics, but like we talked with Craigslist Hunter, if I found a mm-hmm. connection and I could get a connection where I'm consistently getting cosmetics and I'm able to make great profit, I'm passionate about what that would do for my family, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I would good. I would do that if that's an opportunity that came. But if there's something that you absolutely dread and you're not getting the benefits, like selling used electronics, maybe that's just not what you love doing. But if you love it and you're passionate about tinkering with things, then then stay there. Don't worry about the fact that somebody else is selling hype, you know, clothing or hype shoes or whatever. If that's not where you want to be, so focus on the things that make you happy. Focus on the the areas that are profitable for you and and know enough that you can adapt, but don't feel like you have to be just like your favorite YouTube reseller. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, and for me, it's, you know, I make enough. It, I still think it's crazy. I, I still I am grateful every day that I make enough to pay my bills and more. Right. And it's just wild to me. And, and you know, we run into people all the time. They're like, oh, you guys are still doing that. Right. Pure House of Podcast is still around. Like. Because not everyone understands, but hey, if you get it and you know what you're doing and it's paying your bills and it's taking care of things, don't worry. 
don't worry about other people's opinions. Just keep doing what you're doing. Find ways to scale it. Find ways to make it better and enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy the process. It's key because if you're not enjoying the process, you will burn out. So part of enjoying the process is staying in your lane and doing what you know is best. Yeah, And let us know in the comments below, what were the lessons yeah, you learned this I wanna, year? I want to hear what people yeah. have to say. Yeah. What did you learn this year? What are some things that uh, you took out of 2020? Um, what are maybe some stories that you're um, like happy to be done with 2020? And maybe some things you're like, you know what? I learned a lot and I'm going to carry this into 2021. There we go. And with that being said, hey, hope everyone has a happy new year, a great time of celebration, whether it's just one or three, or if you're allowed to have more than six, don't know, but hope everybody has happy new year and looking forward to a great 2021. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Peace. Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs>